Hi, I'm Jason Brown, and you're listening to This Week in Skating. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through Monday, October 24th. We just got back from Skate America. At least I did. (laughs) (laughs) I just got back from Skate America. Actually, like... Maybe like two hours ago. Uh, it took me like a long time to get back, but we just had a great weekend at Skate America. It was so much fun. I actually got home last night, so it was cool to sleep in my own bed. Um, I always get better rest that way, but I really had such a great time. Our little friend group of media people... <laughs> We reunited at this competition. We had all of us there, so it was a lot of fun to just reconnect with each other, but also reconnect with our other friends that are in skating media as well. Yeah, I think so. it was the first time all of our, our friends in the media were there together. I know since the pandemic, we talk on a weekly basis, and I think some of us have been at this competition and some of us have been at that competition, but I think all of us were there together. We, were. we didn't have to be, you know, confined to the media room. We were able to walk around a little bit more. So we did get to see some other faces that we have grown accustomed to seeing at events as well. And, you know, Daphne, one thing, um, when I arrived at my hotel, it was, I got a funny little funny story here. I was getting out of my car and a lady next to my car um, was she was getting out of her car as well, and she and I was talking to my mom. My mom came to Skate America. She was a volunteer, and I'm just talking. Mom, I need that bag. I need this bag. And this lady said, "I recognize that voice. Would you happen to be Gina from this week in skating?" And I was like, "Oh my God!" First off, I didn't think anyone recognized my <laughs> voice, but she, it was so cool. Um, her name was Beverly. She's from New York, and she is a listener to our podcast. So, you know, it was nice to meet Beverly. Um, but we also met some other listeners as well, and it kind of felt like we had some fans while we were at Skate America yeah. this weekend. It was so much fun. We got to meet Linda and Jennifer, stop by, and Melissa, uh, Jennifer's sister, stopped by to just you know, just to chat for a little bit. And it was great to get to check in. Um, I've actually known Jennifer for a while. So it was cool. We were talking about some skating, but some other stuff as well. But I really enjoyed getting to meet people that listen to us and enjoy the podcast. It just makes you feel good about what you're doing every week because podcasting is not just about sitting down and talking into a microphone. There's a lot of prep work that goes into it, and we have a little help on the back end, um, you know, pulling together links to articles or other competition results, and we really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. 
but it takes time for Gina and I to get into the mode and, and record the episode. And then it has to be edited and the music has to be put in. There are just things that have to be done. So it takes, while the podcast might be 30 to 40 minutes, the amount of work that goes into it, in addition to that 30 to 40 minutes, is probably two to three hours. Yeah. And this week. week, I mean, we were at Skate America, but that wasn't the only thing that was going on. So we had to, before we left, I was putting in some stuff that was happening. But then when we got home, we had to make sure we went through the internet to see what else was going on. Because there were other things that took place this week, other than Skate America and other news events and articles and stuff that we just needed to make sure we mentioned. But yeah, it does take a lot of work. And um, so it was you know, great to hear from some people and meet people who have been listening. And we're hoping that some of those people will share the podcast with others. And I think we were able to kind of spread the word a little bit about the podcast while we were in Skate yeah. America too. Um, just telling people and even telling some of the athletes that we're doing a podcast. And I, I think some of the athletes were kind of cool, you know, to hear that we were doing this as well. So yeah. Yeah, I think we actually lined up a couple of interviews that we'll be doing in the future. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Of course, I was there for IceDance.com, and Gina was there for Figure Skaters Online. Mm-hmm. Um, and our other friends were there for different outlets. Melanie was the official photographer, so she was, was very busy the entire time. Uh, but we did see her a little bit in between <laughs> some of the events going on. Yes. Um, before we get started, because we are going to talk about Skate America right off the top, just wanted to mention that all of the items that we discuss, <laughs> as usual, are going to be included in the show notes. So you can watch for that or go check those out if you're interested in reading any of the articles that we're talking about or looking at the event results or protocols. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we have to get, you know, we have to continue this Skate America discussion. And yeah, it was a little compact mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. this location. It was a smaller venue. Um, I did love the food trucks. I was able to get out one night and get a grilled cheese from a food truck called Say Cheese. The logo was adorable. It's like a, a Polaroid camera with a picture, a piece of cheese coming out. It's very, very cool. People there were great. It was fantastic grilled cheese. Um, I liked that we had that intimate atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that there were some comments about, oh, well, some of the seats were empty. Maybe people got all event tickets, but then didn't go to all the events. I mean, that could be. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think too, or people were selling, you know, they went to some events and then they were selling them. I know my mom mentioned that the person next to her in her seat um, changed. Someone changed constantly. So there wasn't the same person after, you know, at every event next to her. Um, But yeah, I mean, I also, even if seats looked empty, I don't think what people could see on camera where there were a lot of people standing up above Mm -hmm. at the back of the seats. And I noticed that too. I don't know if that was people who just didn't want to go back down to their seat or that was just athletes. I mean, there were seats. Now that's another thing to note. There were seats that were designated for athletes. So if 
athletes weren't sitting in those seats. They were being mm-hmm. blank too. Um, and I think, you know, maybe people bought tickets and then just couldn't go, you know, a lot of different factors, but it was really close to being like everybody was in the seat. It just felt for like the first time in a long time, like a full event. And that was what was really cool about it was you didn't see a whole section empty. There was people everywhere and the crowd was great the whole entire weekend, supporting all the athletes, whether they had not their best skate or had the skate of their life. Um, you know, and the flags for every country and, you know, of course the flags for, um, our athletes who are, you know, gay, lesbian, queer, um, as well, you know, the rainbow flags there. So it, I thought the crowd was great. And I think the athletes, I know every, pretty much every athlete, when they talked about, you know, how they felt about the event, that was one thing that always came back. It was so nice to see a big crowd again. Uh, the audience was great. They really appreciated, um, being in a smaller atmosphere and having a lot of people there to cheer them on. And so, yeah, I, I liked it. I liked being in a smaller venue and, um, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see, will Skate America go back to the skating club of Boston again? I know we're not going to see a junior grand prix there next season, but will we see a junior grand prix or a challenger at the skating club of Boston? So yeah, um, I liked it. I thought skating club of Boston did a great job. I mean, our media, room was the west rink they melted the ice we were in the west rink so they lost a whole uh rink for a couple weeks there um and in our media seats we were among everybody else um so i thought they did a good job with it yeah the west rink as gina said was completely melted out things were curtained off there was accreditation, there was an athlete warm-up area, as well as an exercise area. The mix zone was also in the West Rink. And then hospitality for the NBC team was there as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the staff uh, of volunteers at Skating Club of Boston, they were great. They were super nice. If they didn't know the answer to a question, they were able to figure it out And yeah, they were just willing to help. I had, uh, there was an issue with my credential and they had it fixed within five minutes. I mean, this, Mm -hmm. it it was great. It really was great. Um, This was also the first event that we had, you know, new U.S. figure skating media staff. So that was a different experience, but I, I really enjoyed meeting Kara and her team. They were all really helpful and they killed it in their first mm-hmm. big USFS event. Was really glad yeah. to yeah. Uh, to get to meet and chat with them a little bit. Um, I'm going back to this rink in what two weeks? I two think. Two weeks? Yeah, you are. So that I can photograph the ice dance final. That's part of Eastern Sectional. So I'm really looking mm-hmm. forward to it. Anne and I will be there. That wasn't the only <laughs> thing. I want to say. We got to see some familiar faces around around the arena, but also in the media area. Yes. Uh, we were treated 
to Jason Brown hanging among the media. He was doing social media for Team USA. And I just want to say, Jason can come back and be a part of the media any Anytime. Day. <laughs> Anytime. He livened it up. I mean, with his questions in the press conferences and the things he was doing with the athletes for like TikTok and Instagram and uh, Snapchat, whatever uh, social media platform he was doing it on. But he was just like a ball of energy. You, Everybody knows that with Jason. Um, and it was just nice to have somebody in there to liven up, uh, you know, the press conferences. It was nice to have a little fun and, and the athletes loved having him there. Um, and I think he, you know, I think he was having a really good time oh, doing yeah. that too. <laughs> I asked him at one point, I said, Jason, are you having fun? He's like, it's so much fun. I liked it too, because he asked really cool questions. Like in the Paris press conference, <laughs> he was asking Alexa and Brandon about what their Vecna curse song would be. Yeah. Anyone who watches Stranger Things season four, of course, there's Vecna is uh, the main baddie in that season. And Alexa and Brandon are skating to Separate Ways by Journey, but it's a version that was used in the promotional materials for Stranger Things Season 4. And the costuming, everything just looked really like the part. But Jason asked them that question... And I thought that was really fun because those aren't the types of questions that usually get asked. So it was really cool. And I hope he keeps doing this. I hope that um, it was successful and they see that um, there's value to continuing it. Yeah. I think someone asked him if he he brought his skates and he said, no, he didn't bring his skates. So, um, cause at first I thought, Oh, maybe he'll be like a guest star in the exhibition or something, but he did not have his skates with him. He said, um, and again, he hasn't made it known what he is planning to do. Um, will he compete again? Will he not? But if he's not planning to compete again, he is more than welcome to come to <laughs> any a competition and be a part of us in the media. Cause it was a pleasure to have him around, um, this weekend at Skate America, but he wasn't the only one around. I mean, I think, um, people were, saw Ashley Wagner. She was sitting next to Jackie Wong for most of the event and they were doing, um, a little social media series with, on the skating club of Boston social media channels. Um, so she was around and people were, you know, saying hello and taking photos with her. Polina Edmonds was there. She was next to Ashley. She was actually part of the media for her podcast. So uh, stay tuned. She's probably going to recap Skate America on her podcast. Um, Mariah Nagasu was there. Sni- Simon Schnappier. Um, Vincent Joe. I heard Vincent Joe sightings. I did not see him, but I heard that he was around. Um, of course, Tanley Albright. She gave out the medals <laughs> on Sunday. So there were some familiar faces hanging around as well. And I think because it was a, again, we said a small atmosphere, uh, fans had an easy time going up and, you know, taking photos and taking selfies with um, their favorite skaters. Yeah. And so that was nice. I'm wondering what the fans thought of that because I know, you know, the venue size is different. I'm not sure what U.S. Figure Skating will do if they will choose to go back to a small venue like this again. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty easy to to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other person that was on site as well was Caitlin Weaver. Oh, yes. She yes. was doing some commentary with Terry Gannon and Johnny Weir um, for the Ice Dance events. This was her first time 
um, doing it. And uh, I got to chat with her just a little bit. She's been really busy with touring. She and Andrew have been doing some tours in Japan and so she's doing great, but she was on hand to do this. Yeah. Well, I did record the coverage that was like on NBC or USA. So I'll have to go back and listen because I want to hear how she did. I, I know she did great, yeah. but I just want to hear how she did and how I hope she enjoyed it. And I hope we get to hear her more this season um, as the Me too. I stands commentator. Me too. Tanith Belbin mm-hmm. white usually did the coverage, but now uh, Tanith is coaching now mm-hmm. with her husband, Charlie, and with Greg Zerlin, they have the Michigan Ice Dance Academy. So Caitlin is, you know, Caitlin had this great opportunity. So you'll have to check it out. I did not record it because when I see something in person, it's often, yeah, I like to leave it as an in-person thing and I don't oh, rewatch, okay. but I am oh. interested in that. I am. See, see, I always record it because I'm afraid I might've missed something, especially if I'm running back and forth to mix, mix zones or mm-hmm. I record it because I want to go back and watch a program that I really, really enjoyed seeing in person. That so makes I perfect think sense. That's my, that's why I do it. And I know, unfortunately you weren't able to record or go back and um watch anything on peacock so it was just what what the yeah. nbc coverage was whether it was on the e-network usa or nbc um, yeah that you could record we tried to find out more information on that whole peacock thing but they're really no one really had an answer so i don't think we're gonna know what happened so yeah well, Daphne, I think we should just get into... Absolutely. Let's dive into this and talk about some of the skating. I think, well, we always start with the men, but I think we have to start with the men because we got to see the quad axle. We were so hoping that he was going to go for it. He didn't disappoint us. Nope. And the reaction of the crowd... Oh my God. Was incredible. It was like 15 to 30 seconds of cheering and standing and hooting and hollering. And yeah, yeah. it was amazing. And I think I saw like a lot of phones go out just wanting to capture yes. that moment. Um, Agreed. He, yeah. I have a feeling if he goes for it at nationals, which I mean, he pro- probably will, um, it's going to be pretty, <laughs> the energy is going to be pretty high. Yes. Yeah. Especially it's a bigger arena there. Hopefully we'll get a lot of people at nationals so that it will feel just as much like it did at, at the skating club. Of yeah, Boston. definitely. Um, but yeah, he did it. And then in the press conference, he, his quote was the program. It felt great. It was a really good skate. I'm still in shock. I don't know how I pulled it off. I trusted in my practice and it worked well. And now I did watch the men's practice before the free skate and Mm -hmm. he was attempting it. And I kind of was like, okay, he's going to do it in the free skate because we weren't quite sure if he was really going to go for it. And after he finished the, he didn't have a great short program and he was in fourth after the short, I said, okay, he's going to do this in the free skate. And then when I saw him do warming it up in the uh, men's practice um, earlier that day, um, and he nailed a clean one, I was like, okay, get ready, everybody, because we're going to see this quad <laughs> axle. Um, so, yeah, I'm, you know, and I and I think I've told Daphne this, and I think I've told our listeners this too. 
as much as I'm impressed with the quad axle, I'm also impressed with the triple lutch triple axle that he does that receives just a few more points than the quad axle. Um, and then he does at the end of the program. Now, again, he didn't have a perfect free skate. Um, he struggled with his quad Lutz, uh, combination with the triple sow, um, and that he fell and it was under, um, but yeah, he came back from fourth, won his first, uh, senior grand prix medal. Um, w- making it a gold um, in his first and- attempt. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, he's so. So Ilya this season, this is the second time in a row that he has been lower in the short program and come back to win the free skate. Because of course he did this at the U.S. Classic last month. He was in sixth place after the short. That's where he landed his first quad axle. <laughs> Came back to win, and he's yep. did it again at this competition. Yeah. So we just have to hope now that he has a good short, and, you know, like, so that way he's got two good programs. Because I feel like he brings out the quad axle just to help himself because he's kind of, you know, doesn't have a great short, and he needs something to boost him up a little bit. So I'm hoping now we he can get two clean programs for his second Grand Prix, which is Finland. He actually has the last Grand Prix. So he's got some few weeks here um, to, yeah, to, uh, you know, <laughs> keep improving on that quad axle and keep improving on his program in general. So I enjoyed watching Elia um, this weekend. Japan's Kao Mira, who was the leader after the short program, won the silver medal. Also, his first Grand Prix. Um, and I'm going to say I, my favorite Disney movie was Beauty and the Beast. One of my favorite musicals is Beauty and the Beast. And so when he did Beauty and the Beast, I enjoyed it. I'm just going to say it. Um, (laughs) and I really, and that closed out the men's event. I mean, I kind of wish Elia and the Quad Axle was the last program we saw because that I mean the crowd was just so into that that would have been just the great way to end the men's event but I was happy with the Beauty and the Beast program closing out sorry closing out the um the men's event um you know he had a his free skate uh, the quad loop is where he felt his opening quad loop but it wasn't a bad free skate at all um and he's actually doesn't have time to relax he competes next week at Skate Canada. He does. And he's actually last year's um, Japan Junior Champion. He went to Junior Worlds, which is <laughs> the event that Ilya won. He finished 13th. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He was on the Grand Prix last season, so this isn't his first Grand Prix season. But he's only 17 also. <laughs> the young ones are just... The young ones, yeah, yeah. They're just putting it out there. But let's talk about another (laughs) young one who had a birthday. Oh, yes. Uh, That would be Korea's Junwon Cha, who celebrated his 21st birthday at Skate America. Um, If you haven't seen the photos of him with his birthday cake, Jason Brown and Brian Orser surprised uh, him with cake after the press conference. Um... I believe it was after the men's short program press conference. Um, So he celebrated his 21st birthday with a 
bronze medal here at Skate America. Um, Cha has won four other bronze medals on the Grand Prix. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, he won the bronze medal at the final in 2018 and 2019 season, but he's also won three other bronze medals. That's kind of cool. Um, Italy's Daniel Grossel, who, if people didn't know, he is now training at the Skating Club of Boston. So he was basically competing on home ice. Um, and I asked him a little bit about that. Um, so stay tuned. Cause I'm going to have a little something, um, that I do after grand prix and I do it after nationals. I do, um, I put together a piece of some noteworthy things, um, other than just the performances we saw that won medals. Um, so stay tuned for that. Cause I'll put a little, in, um, quote about what he thought about competing on home ice for his Grand Prix, but Daniel finished in fourth place. He was third after the short program. One other thing to note, um, before Skate America began, Eric Joberg of the U.S. was supposed to compete at the event. He withdrew, so Din Tran got to compete in his first um, Grand Prix event. Um, so that was great for Din, a great experience for Din there. So I think that kind of wraps up Briefly, the men's event. Well, let's move on to the women. Less than a point separated the world champion and the world junior champion after the short program. Was much closer than expected. Yeah, it definitely was. But Kaori Sakamoto won her first Skate America gold medal, which is her highest placement in the five Skate America she's ever appeared in. Um, she had just one mistake in the free skate, which was an under-rotated call on the triple toe of her double axle triple toe combination. Like her programs this season, we're getting a different side of Kauri. Um, she's got the short haircut and she- Love the short haircut. Just She's lo- rocking it. it. <laughs> I heard tons of people talking about that, that they just really, they love her energy and her look this season. Um, her next event will be NHK Trophy. Isabel Levito struggled with her triple triple combinations in the free skate, but she did win the silver medal. She just couldn't get the, the uh, triple toe on her opening triplets combo. Yeah, yeah, it just looked like she was a little tentative in her skates this weekend. Um, looks just like maybe some nerves. Um, but again, her first um Grand Prix, senior Grand Prix, and her first medal. So yeah. I mean, yeah, it's great. All right. Yeah. And Amber Glenn, she had a great weekend in Norwood. She won her first Grand Prix medal, which is a bronze. She did attempt the triple axel, but it was called under rotated. And Gina is hoping to talk to Amber more before her next Grand Prix event. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't able to connect. Um, I did talk to her in the mix zone, but I was hoping to do a little one-on-one with her and it's just a, it's a busy weekend. You know how it is, Daphne. It's event after event. And then, you know, they have other things too. Like as soon as the women's event ended, they go into the press conference and then they have a practice and then there's for the exhibition and then there's the exhibition and they're trying to, you know, see family and friends and it's, it's a busy time. So I'm going to work with us figure skating to do hopefully a phone interview with her, um, either this week or next. So, yeah. Well, and finally, Gracie Gold. 
She did not have trouble with her triple-triple combinations. She hit those in the short program in free skate. She did fall on her loop in the short program and then double most of her elements in the second half of her free skate to finish sixth overall. So nice to see her back on the Grand Prix. Yeah, just um, talking with her in the mix zone, she just seemed... I talked to her after the short program, and she's just... I think she's just glad to be back. And you could tell... Um, just the joy she's now found in skating again. I, you know, I think if there's some articles out there, um, and we'll mention one that said she wasn't sure she was going to even compete this season and decided after doing, um, the ice dreams tour that she still loves skating and decided to give it another go. So, um, I'm glad she's back and I hope, I believe we're going to mention her again later on. Um, we will. She's got, she's got another event coming up soon. So, yeah. She does. Well, Gina, why don't you break down the pairs for us? Well, in their season debut, Alexa Kinnearm and Brandon Frazier, the world champions, won their second Skate America title. I say it. This is their first fully international one. They won the Skate America title in the domestic event in 2020 and that was actually their first season together so this one is i feel like the real deal here yeah um their free skate wasn't perfect um alexa uncharacteristic falling on her throw triple loop and then she two-footed the throw trip uh triple flip um and she's normally pretty consistent with the throws um she lands those um so this was a little um, maybe just the first time out sort of jitters kind of thing that she just um, wasn't able to land them. Um, they now will compete at MK John Wilson Trophy in Sheffield um, in a couple weeks. So that was great. Is uh, Again, a great, I like both their programs. Um, and so it was great to see them out. And again, we weren't sure we were going to see them at all. So it was great to see them um, competing, that they're still competing. Well, I can tell you this. I loved their short program, and I can't <laughs> wait to see it when Nationals rolls around because the music was pretty intense, which is what I expected. But they've got the personalities to pull it off. I'm excited to see, like I said, what it will look like when we get to San Jose in January. Yeah. Well, someone won their first Grand Prix medal after 22 years. And I'm talking about Deanna Stiletto Dudek. Um, at 39 years old, she took home her first Grand Prix medal. It was a silver with Maxime Deschamps and they skate for Canada. Um, yeah, her. I looked it up. Her first Grand Prix was in 2000 um, as a single skater. And here she is. 39 years old, competing in the pairs event at Skate America and winning a silver medal. Um, I think she just looks in the best form that she's been in, you know, a couple years. You know, we've seen her with Nathan Bartholomew and now here she is with Maxim. Um, and so, yeah, I uh, definitely think she looks great. They received no negative GOEs in their free skate. Um, it was really close between them and them and Alexa and Brandon. I, it, I part of me thought they were going to do it and they were going to win the gold. Um, but you know, after the short, it was, it was closer in the short than it was in the free, but, um, yeah. And I liked this quote that Deanna gave, 
I believe this was after the short program presser. She said, it's our first Grand Prix and we're really happy to be here. It feels like my wedding. I know everyone here and even the people I don't know are cheering for me. <laughs> so it was, she's just, you know, oh, she's fun in press conferences too. She, she's lively and um, yeah, so congrats to them. They will now head to Grand Prix France in two weeks, um, which is their second Grand Prix. Kellyanne Loran and Lucas Etier of Canada won the bronze medal in their first Grand Prix event. Um, they are a young team. Um, she's like 16. And um, so they skated really well here at Skate America to claim the bronze. They don't get any time off. They're competing this week in Canada. Now, there was also another thing to note that there was a change in the original roster. We were supposed to see Anastasia Smirnova and Danielle Sitsania. They withdrew before the event. They were replaced by Maria Makova and Ivan Makov, who finished in fourth place. Uh, Valentina Palazos and Maximiliano Fernandez, who've competed quite a bit this season so far. I think he told me like six times, maybe. Um, they found out that they will compete at Skate, Skate Canada as they were on their way to Norwood. So, um, yeah, so wow. they've got double Grand Prix here. They finished in sixth place at Skate America. Uh, they had a difficult short program. Max said that they did their short program during the six-minute warm-up, that they were just so good in the warm-up that they gave it all in the warm-up and then didn't have a great short program. Wow. So in the rhythm dance, it wasn't a surprise that Chalk and Bates were in first place. It was a bit closer than expected, but this was the first outing for them with their programs. In the rhythm dance, they had an issue with their rotational lift, and that got marked down to level two, and Evans Twizzle received level three. That, you know, those are some points that were left on the table. Um, Hawaii and Baker also left some level points on the table with their lift and then with Jean-Luc's level two midline step sequence. But I still and in person love this program, this vintage feel of Cuban Pete. It was just a lot of fun, especially yes. in person. Um, fans in the arena were not pleased with the marks that <laughs> Kana Muramoto and Daisuke Takahashi received in either of their programs. No, there was some booing coming from the audience for both of their, you know, dances. Yeah. <laughs> and Canada's Marie-Jean Laurier and Roman Legac finished in third. It was kind of close between a few teams for third place, so... I was expecting that there might be some movement, but I wasn't sure it was really going to depend on the skating. One of the cool things I wanted to point out is Chalk and Bates basically took Let's Dance from David Bowie and used remixes and made it work for this. And I know that some people feel that the music should be traditionally traditionally Latin, but honestly, I, I feel like a, a while ago... It was kind of suggested that dance teams, especially, start modernizing rhythm dances by using different music and making it fit. I felt like this fit really well, and Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it a lot. 
in the free dance, this is where there was a little surprise. Uh, Wyke and Baker actually won the free dance. They had uh, higher tech marks. Their PCS was lower by about two points. This is a program that really suits their style. They flow really well. They're, they have great, the edges are great. And they are, um, it, it's just a program that they come, Completely, they completely immerse themselves in and you can tell that they're very comfortable with this style and so yeah. they they went with this um, and I want to say Daphne they have and you've been saying it before but now getting to see them actually skate in person they've got this Olympic confidence coming in like no other I, I think this is the best we've seen of them you know in you know in the past few seasons i think we're going to see really strong performances from Caitlin and John Luke and I, and i don't know if it is because of the olympics or what but it's just a whole new they're out there and he said it in a press conference they're not there to be second place they're not there to be third place they want to win yep um and i think that determination and that goal that they're so driven to you know, to be the top team really came through this weekend at Skate America. Um, yeah. It was like a whole new team out there. That, I don't know. I just saw a lot of confidence with them this weekend. Yeah, they were very comfortable with their programs. And I think it was good for them to go out and do an event before this one. Um, and Chalk and Bates admitted that they decided they were not, you know, they got a later start and they were not going to do a challenger event. And they have, you know, we're fine with it and taking what they learned from this competition and moving forward, which is, I think, what, what you do. Um, Chalk and Bates lost at least four points, if you think about GOEs, uh, on their character step element, which was deemed invalid. And there were a couple of other lower levels that um, affected their score as well. So they'll probably be focused on getting everything up from there. Uh, L'Oreal and Legac also lost points on their character steps. They didn't, it was basically invalid um, as well. Was it theirs also because they didn't go from one end to the other end of the boards? Because I know that was the issue with Madison and Evan, and they were open about that in um, the press conference that yes. they said, this rink was bigger than their rink at home and they didn't get all the way to yeah. the end. I would be surprised if that wasn't the case. I have a feeling I have a feeling it was something similar here. Of course the audience was not happy that Kana Muramoto <laughs> and Daisuke Takahashi did not finish higher. They had a character spin at the end. It was their final element and it was deemed a fall. And um so they lost GOEs, mm -hmm. I mean, they lost some points. It, it would have made a difference. I'm not sure if it would have made enough difference for them to medal, but they, it definitely would have made a difference in their score, mm -hmm. um, obviously. Um, I also wanted to point out the young team of Luisia de Moget and Theo Le Mercier, who, I mean, this is a team from France that were ending their junior careers and going into senior all during the pandemic. And I've wondered about teams like them that were transitioning and how this was going to affect them. 
leaving one level, going into another. But they they finished fourth here. It was a respectable finish for them. Mm -hmm. And then the Aussies, Holly Harrison, Jason Chan, fifth place. That, I believe, is the highest Grand Prix finish for an Australian team, at least in a very long time. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty remarkable. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the dance event. I think Skate America was a great event. Um, I love the feeling of being at an international competition. It's just different than mm-hmm. the domestic ones that I'm normally doing. So it was cool to have that different feel and, you know, to see some of the teams this early in the season. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about it for a while here and we've got other news to talk about. So of course, if we didn't mention another skater that, you know, that you're a skater that you enjoyed watching or one that stood out to you, if you were at the venue, reach out to us. Of course, I will tell you how you can do that. Uh, Let us know what you thought, who were your favorites, what you thought of the whole venue, um, anything. If you were there, let us know. We would love to hear what you thought of the event. Um, and what, you know, your favorite performances and stuff were. And I will tell you how you can get a hold of us at the end of the show. Okay, so there was a senior and junior international competition in Nice, France. It is the second Trophée Metropole Nice Côté de Jure. We will have the results in the show notes. But the winners of the senior events in men, France's Adam Fa, In women, Leia Serna, also from France. The Italian team of Irma Caldara and Riccardo Maglio won the pairs event, and the dance event was won by Finland's Julius Turkula and Matthias Versluis. Gina, I think we're ready to move on <laughs> to some general skating news. Yes, there was a you know, few things that were happening this week other than Skate America. Um, I know we mentioned the ISU council meeting in last um, week's podcast um talking about the allotments for the world championships and we were very excited about boston in 2025 and and if you were at skate america you you heard boston 2025 quite a bit um this weekend but there was other stuff that came out of that isu meeting on october 9th through the 12th the isu council granted full isu membership for the figure skating branch to the national center for winter sports of turkmenistan with immediate effect. Um, The other thing that came out of the ISU Council on October 9th through the 12th was due to a lack of applications received in time, the Council did not make an allotment for the 2024 ISU World Junior Synchronized Skating Championships. So the deadline for ISU members to apply to host the event is now December 1st. Now, this was the same thing for the 2025 and 2026 Four Continents Championships, the 26 World Junior Championships, the 2025 and 2026 World Junior Synchronized Skating Championships, and the 26 World Synchronized Championships. So there were a lot of events, um, and I was wondering the same thing. You know, we were told where Worlds was going to be for 2025, but I was like, where's Four Continents going to be in 2025? <laughs> um, it just seems like there are ISU members that have not um, put in applications that may be interested in hosting, and so now the deadline has been extended, hoping that some federations will step up and say, hey, we want to host this, and so we will have to just wait and see 
where um, some of these competitions will be hosted. Um, well, or, we can't know. expect Estonia to host everything. <laughs> no, we can't. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So, but we did, Daphne, get locations for the 23-24 Junior Grand Prix Series. And so here we go. Bangkok, Thailand, Linz, Austria, that will have pairs. Istanbul, Turkey, will have pairs. Osaka, Japan, Budapest, Hungary, Gdansk, Poland, and Yerevan, Armenia. That's great. I wish there was a North American one, but I do hope maybe <laughs> the year after we will get one. Because I have a feeling either the new Lake Placid Arena will host one or Norwood. Because they're both, I think, great facilities to be able mm-hmm. to host these events. Yes. Well, the other thing that came out of the ISU Council meeting, I guess I've been saying another thing, another thing, another thing, but here's one more thing. Um, To support the Ukrainian Skating Federations and their members, the ISU Council has decided to secure an an additional budget of Swiss francs to 200,000 with the purpose of supporting skaters from Ukraine who are living and training outside Ukraine. The exact use of the amount during the 2022-23 season will be decided by the vice presidents in cooperation with the ISU Development Commission. That is big news from the ISU, Mm -hmm. and I'm glad that they're willing to do this for those skaters because, I mean, we saw the crowd reaction Mm -hmm. for the Ukrainian dance team that was at Skate America The flags were all through the audience. I have photos I plan to post on our social media at some point in the near future. That was so, like, it was emotional, I mean, Mm -hmm. to see the support there. And I hope that they felt that from the audience. So I'm happy that the ISU was working to do this. The other piece of news that came out, um, the entries were posted for the ice challenge in Graz, Austria. Now, there are no pairs at this Challenger Series event. For Team USA, and this was confirmed on the USFS International page, Gracie Gold, Claire Sio, who of course was on the JDP, Will Annis, Liam Kapakis, and in Ice Dance, Molly Sezenek and Yegor Yegorov. Well, moving on to our recent interview segment, and there are a lot of interviews um, to talk about. One, Alexa and Chris Kinnearm. Now, Alexa and her husband, Chris Kinnearm, were on David Santee's podcast um, that on October 10th they were on. Alexa talked about how she got started in pairs, some experiences from this pre- this past season, and her goals um, for this current season, you know, with Brandon. Um, around the 27 minute mark, Chris announced he will become the skating director at the Oakton Ice Arena in Park Ridge, Illinois, which is in the suburb of suburb of Chicago. Um, and he's taking over David's position that he's held there for a long time. Uh, not sure when Chris plans to move back out to Illinois, but, um, congrats to Chris on this new gig. Um, and so Daphne, we also had, um, a lot of pre skate America articles that came out last week. We did. Phil Hirsch had an article on NBC sports that was focused on Alexa Kinnearm and Brandon Frazier. 
Rachel Lotz had an article on Liam Kapakis, who made his a senior Grand Prix debut at Skate America. Also on the fan zone, uh, Darcy Miller had an article on Amber Glenn. J.R. Walker had an article on Kaylin Hawak and John Luke Baker. It talks about their 10-year partnership, and it also talks about tapping into the style that works for them. Nick McCarvel, who was missed, we missed Nick at um, Skate America. He was not there this week, but he did an article for the Olympics.com um, on Gracie Gold. And then finally, Solène Mathieu had an article on Skate Info Glass, where she was actually at Skate America and was able to interview Louisa, Louisa de Mojet and Théo Le Mercier. It is in French, but I always use the translation tool in Google so that I can understand, you know, what's, you know, be able to read the article. It has their thoughts on their Skate America performances and talks a little bit about working with Tiffany Zahorsky. Hmm. So let's move on to social media updates. Yuna Kim married her fiance, Ko Wu Rim, on October 22nd. She shared beautiful photos on Instagram over the weekend. Such a gorgeous, gorgeous, I mean, that she, wedding. I mean, she looked like just, a queen. Yeah. <sighs> the queen she is. She is. Yeah, it's beautiful <laughs> photos. Also on Instagram, Katerina Del Camp announced that she is in a new partnership with Turkey's Burke Akalin. They are based in Coral Springs, Florida, and are coached by John Kerr and Alper Uchar. Do now do we know what country they are planning to compete for? I do believe they're planning to represent Turkey. Oh, okay. Well, we got some Nathan Chen news. Nathan Chen showcased the cover of his new picture book, which is called We Skates On, and he posted the photo of the cover on Instagram. The book is now available to pre-order, so if you want to get his book, you can definitely uh, check it out and pre-order it. The book is about finding joy in sports, no matter the outcome, and the book will officially be out on February 21st of next year. So moving on to the upcoming events for the week, well, after Skate America, we now have Skate Canada, and some of our friends are heading up to uh, Mississauga they for are. Skate Canada. So, um, but yeah, a couple, yeah, let's point out a couple things that we're expecting to see at Skate Canada this week. Um, Shoma Uno will begin his competitive season at Skate Canada. He did participate in the Japan Open, um, but that's all we've seen of him um, so far. We've also got Boyan Jin, Keegan Messing, Camden Polkinen, and Dennis Vasilia. Rika Kiara returns in the women's event. Um, we missed her last season. Um, we she did. She did not compete. So we'll get to see her um, and Mississauga. And Lindsay Thorngrand makes her Grand Prix debut up in Mississauga. Uh, Gabrielle Delman returns to the Grand Prix for the first time since 2019. Also competing is Korea's Young Yoo. Kate Wang of the United States withdrew. We, I think we found out about that this week. So she will be replaced by Ava Ziegler. In the pairs event, Japan's Riku Miura and Ryuchi Kahara kick off their season at Skate Canada 
Emily Chan and Spencer Howell will be joined by Valentina Plazas and Maximiliano Fernandez. Both teams are presenting the U.S. Canada's Piper Gillis and Paul Poirier will charge into Skate Canada um, as their debut event for the season. They're looking to win their third straight Skate Canada international title. They will be competing against Great Britain's Lila Fear and Lewis Gibson, who I believe are undefeated this season so far. Also, Canada's Marjorie Lejoie and Zachary Laga, who have also won their events so far this season. And Team USA's Caroline Green and Michael Parsons. Also of note, though, Amiku Makita and Tyler Gunara withdrew from the event due to injury. This was reported by Skate Canada. They have been replaced by the Skate America bronze medalists, Marie-Jade Lorio and Roman Legac. Yeah, so stay tuned to next week's episode for um, as we break down um, what happens at Skate Canada. Um, I will be covering it remotely. I have access to the press conferences in the Mix Zone remotely from here at home. Um, so yeah, I will definitely uh, be sharing um, some insight from the competition um, in next week's podcast. But we don't have just the Grand Prix next week. We also have the Dennis 10 Memorial Trophy, um, which is a new one, a relatively new ISU challenger event. Um, it became a challenger event last year. The competition was first held in 2019. And of course it is named in honor of 2014 Olympic bronze medalist, Dennis 10. Um, and this is again, the only the third Dennis 10 Memorial Trophy event. The Ice Theater of New York will be honoring Mexican Olympian Donovan Carrillo and his coach, Gregorio Nunez, with the Will Sears Award on Thursday, October 27th. Now, Will Sears was a national novice pairs champion with Katie Boxwell. I remember this and when it happened. IDC was in its very early days. I think we had been online for a couple of years. Will uh, passed away unexpectedly at the age of 20. This was back in 2002. And so um, they give out this award annually. And other recipients, Gracie Gold has received this. I believe Adam Rippon has also received it. So it's very, it's a very special award. But that brings us to the end, Gina, of our upcoming segments for the week. Can you <laughs> let folks know where to find us? Yes. You can find us on our website. It's thisweekinskating.com. And again, on social media, you can find us Twitter. It's at thiswkinskating. And then Facebook and Instagram, it's thisweekinskating. And as I said earlier, if you were at Skate America, um, or even if you were just at home and watching it, um, we'd love to hear what you thought. Whether, you you know, again, if you were in the venue, what you thought of the whole experience, um, you know, and everything, the food trucks, just being in a smaller venue. Um, and if you were watching at home, what you thought your favorite performances were. Just share anything you want with us about Skate America. You can do so by um, reaching out to us on social media. Or you can um, send us an email at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We really appreciate all the support that we've received via email and social media. We got to feel some of that support mm -hmm. by meeting some of you in person this past weekend. Um, it, it was wonderful. 
So please keep the messages coming and also let us know if we're missing something, if there's an article or an interview that we didn't mention that you think we should be mentioning, let us know. You can reach out to us on social media or email us via the email address that Gina mentioned. Yes. And we like to end every podcast with a little (laughs) bit about what's going on at our individual websites. For me, of course, it's Skate America all the time. (laughs) Although all of my photos are up, I'm actually working on the recap and some other things, maybe for Skate Canada. There's also going to be some interviews that will be coming in the next couple of weeks and did a few while she was there. And she's doing a very special feature um, that will be, I think, a lot of fun dance related feature. Uh, But I also will be having photos from Japan's novice nationals harumi was there on site and was able to take photos i have them i just need to get them edited up which i will be doing this week but gina what's going on over at fso well yes of course i've got skate america stuff photos from skate america will be coming this week along with some articles as i mentioned i'd like to do an article on some other things that kind of happened at skate america other than just the you know the metal performances. So stay tuned for that in the coming days. Um, But before I left for Skate America, I did post our interview with Camden Polkinen, who is going to be competing this week at Skate Canada. Um, FSO's Sean, who is a student at Columbia University. Actually, they sat down um, and had a nice chat. So um, we posted his article uh, last week. So definitely check it out. I'll share it again if you haven't seen it. So yeah, that's what's going on at FSO. A very, very busy weekend and now a very busy week. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We don't get a break because here we go. Grand Prix, Grand Prix, Grand Prix. We are just going to keep going. So that brings us to the end of our podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a great week! Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters, because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.